0: welcome back this is part two of my conversation with Robin and Jerome if you haven't listened to part one go back now this
1: beautiful year 2015 we had a big um, scandal in our uh, pre-selection show so oh you're
0: right. It was like, <laughs> Explain it, Jerome. I want to hear about your scandal, like, especially if you're going to call it a scandal, which <laughs> sounds French, which means it sounds... It uh,
1: was yeah. like, not. we didn't send An sophie to Eurovision, actually. <laughs> she became second place. Um, Andreas Kümmert was the winner with Heart of oh. Stone. Yeah, when he won, he said, <laughs> I give my title to An sophie
0: <laughs> Oh.
1: I don't know what happened. Uh, we all do not really know uh, the whole story, but he was um, also sick on stage mm-hmm. um, when he performed and had to perform for for our pre-selection. And yeah, I guess it was the media pressure and everything, because if you see Andreas Kummert, he is um, a really sensitive guy. He has a big voice, but... He is the big example for TV shows like "The Voice of Germany" that um, he he looks different than, or I would say, you get really surprised if you you don't expect a voice like this coming out from this uh, man. I yeah, would say. that's
0: the way I felt about. He uh, was
1: quite
2: the in.
0: Salvador Sobral, sorry, go ahead.
2: He was quite the introvert, actually and um he also is a winner of the voice.
0: How do you both feel this is we've mm. if i had a like a drinking game that involved the voice you know like i would have had taken about seven <laughs> shots in the last 5 minutes. Do you do you, uh. do, you, do, you both, do you both love the voice or do you not because right before someone said that uh Ivy Quanu i'm really struggling with with the uh, with pronunciation. Yes, yeah. Ivy
1: Quanu Sophie and Sophie Jamie Lee. yeah, but uh, yes. right Maybe right I before should. somebody uh, said that
0: she sung Hallelujah, I was going to say, "I can't watch the voice because everyone sings Hallelujah. Like, I can't listen to Hallelujah one more time. <laughs> this is <laughs> true. I was about to say it I was about to be like, okay, I could that 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 shows okay, but I can't hear Hallelujah one more time. I just can't. and then and then it came up, which is which is why I laughed. <laughs> no, yeah. so and 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 because now I love Quinu, um on some level, I feel bad for her that she's, Uh, But kind of been forced, because if you look her up on YouTube, there's quite a lot of contests like that, like The Voice or something similar, you know, of her singing other people's songs. And I would now like to hear her sing like her own song. Jerome, do you think that being part of the Big Five is a blessing or a curse? Do you think it leads to better or worse entries? How do you feel about being a Big Five member? Because, um, you know, Mm. you've kind of said I, (laughs) What, what did you say at the beginning of the season? I have to, you know embrace the fact we're not going to win or something i I love i love germany but i have to embrace the fact it's not going to win
1: (laughs) honestly i have to say i have this discussion almost every year because i'm interested in this question as well if it depends on our if people are sitting at home in front of their tvs and are like um I think it's not fair that, that, that five countries are already qualified. And maybe I live in a country where we have to go through semifinals and mm. stuff like that, and then they, they do not vote in fact of that reason or stuff like that. But I don't know. In the end of the day, it's, um, about music and quality because I have to say Spain Last year, third place. And the years before Spain always went I guess on the right right side of the table. <laughs> um and this shows to me this is not really a a reason or it is it can't be true because in um twenty eighteen in Portugal we we also celebrated our becoming fourth.
2: I think the curse about it is the high expectations, national and international, and I think you need, as a country, to free yourself from those in order to actually come up with original and good entries and ideas, such as Spain, well, it may not be too original with Chanel last year, but it was a great result, it was a great entry, I love this kind of music, so um, and plenty others did as well but they freed themselves and they did this benidorm fest for example and came up with this new idea let's do a benidorm fest and let's bring this this year spain is very original in my opinion and daring and trying something yeah the high expectations are there that you need to free yourself in order to Present something interesting. Um, I also think that Italy is a great example, as you said, they did the Sanremo, and they also come up with great new music and musicians. I also watched this and um, I think this year there were a lot of new artists that I got introduced to and, of course, my beloved Elodie participated and um, Actually, also had a great result. I think she was in the top ten. I don't know in San game mm,
0: mm.
2: And the blessing about this is the viewing figures in Germany. They are quite high because people forget why we are in the co- why we are in the final. We are in the final because we spend the most money with for other countries on the contest, or we give the most money, and um, therefore we have this final place and um, I talk about this with the same people every year because they don't know Mm. and all they care about is okay we're in the final so we're watching (laughs) like Jerome said a bit like with football cups Um, so it gets people interested and um, then when they actually see what Germany came up with most of them are shocked how we or the people around me are shocked how we could even get into a final. Um, Some people, also online, um, pressure the TV channel a bit.
0: Yeah, okay.
2: In my taste, it could be a bit more constructive, but nonetheless, the TV station Responsible in Germany, I think they are listening and they are slowly improving, Um, like I said, this year, for example. So, There's good and there's bad to this. And I would also agree with Jerome saying that um, for other countries that are in the semifinals, it must feel not as good to have this position.
0: I mean, well, Jerome, do you have any thoughts on that before I digress?
1: For me as a person, it's like... I. I just know it that way, so I feel very privileged, and I'm not sad to be directly to the finals, <laughs> <laughs> because honestly, I don't know I really don't know. I can't tell you if I, if Germany would um, need to go through the semifinals, I don't know if, I, if we would um, um,
0: qualify.
1: Has yes, the yeah, ausscheiden? Was that, was that um non-qualify. Yeah, to
0: qualify. I
1: really do love so many artists from the UK. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I do not understand how how they really often come up with the things they send to Eurovision because but I I don't know. It's like in Germany, they don't yeah they do not dare to, to fail or stuff like that yeah if 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 you always have like bad results or stuff like that it's i can definitely get it a bit
2: also okay can i can i catch up on the topic of the u k yeah. because I also think the u k has also like you mentioned earlier they have great potential in other areas than pop music for example there's a UK R&B artist which I got the surname Foster from. She's called Tamira Foster. She goes by the name Tamira now and she does great R&B music and um, maybe this can also be used for the UK to bring an exciting and fresh new sound because there are also up and coming drag or non-binary performers yeah. such as Hey Hey Baby I don't know if you heard about Hey no. Baby. Hey Baby, they were on RuPaul's Drag Race UK and Taze, also a drag artist from this program. Both of them do electronic music with a bit of rapping that could bring a fresh new sound to the UK that I think is also in some form on the charts in the UK. For example, Ray, who had a top one hit with Escapism.
0: So Robin, let's take a detour into drag. I have often said that um, I wish the the UK is like a, you know, and I've got dual citizenship now, so I'm expecting letters about this with my big fat American accent, but that's fine. Dual citizen now. I have a country that I can root for, right? Out of Europe, but in Eurovision, (laughs) in it. You know, I've often thought that the UK is a country that's famous for eccentrics or oddballs. I mean, you think about Monty Python or something like that. The UK can be really avant-garde. And I said a few years ago, I thought, you know, it would be great if they could find somebody who does either drag or performance art. And I think people looked at Mm. me funny, but for me, um, Konstratka was performance art. I mean, that song was performance. It was part music and part performance art.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: In a good way yeah. or a bad way, Jerome, did you not like that entry? Yeah. I love and it. And like, I like seeing that. It's, I mean, it's not, it's a bit silly, but it's also performance art. And um, it's also very authentic. And I think the thing, you know, I've got my camp quiz, which people from the, well, which listeners will remember from the last episode. But I think the thing is about things that are campy is that they're also very often authentic. They very often speak to like our really most human feelings they're very centered but because they don't tend to care about being liked or not um you know they'd prefer to be liked but if they aren't this is who i am kind of a thing That so they can be a bit in your face like um like corpore sano didn't care whether you liked it or not it was like there um Mm. and i think that that (laughs) speaks to fans as well um of course eurovision has had verka uh eurovision has had conchita Robin, how do you think Eurovision dovetails with drag? I mean, you've mentioned a lot of performers. My favorite performer that I would like to see, British performer, is called Dicky Bow. Dicky Bow is amazing, and and I wish Dicky Bow would uh, would do would do Eurovision. I doubt that'll happen, but um, yeah, there's a great British drag performer that I or artist that I'd prefer to to see.
2: Uh, I need to look them up. Yeah,
0: yeah, a little bit experimental. You know, maybe not such a crowd pleasy kind of an artist, um, at least for what I've seen. But uh, what do you think maybe the drag fandom and the Eurovision fandom have in common? And then I'll ask you what the performance you think has in common, if that makes sense, Robin.
2: Yes, that's a great question that I haven't thought about yet, to be honest. Um, What do they both have in common? I think celebrating the daring and out-of-the-box aspects, both in drag and um, in the Eurovision, I think it's celebrated to be different. And that's why those two worlds also will be combined this year in an interval act, drag performers. So I think this is it. Be who you want to be. And even if it's camp.
0: What do you think...
2: Does that make it sense? It does, it does. <laughs> what
0: do you think spectators are expecting in, in a drag show? Like, would, you know, you artists plan things for consumers, right? Um, yes. So, you know, Corpore Sano can only go to a certain point before it's then, like, unlikable or not watchable or, like, not music. There's that fine line when you get out there to the extremes. What are you looking to give spectators when you do a drag performance robin how do you plan that out
2: so i would describe myself more of a chameleon of a drag chameleon so i'm trying to do something different from the last time i performed so the last time i was a doll an electronic doll an old-fashioned doll that became this savage pop (laughs) idol in the last number and in the next number it will be something very different and it could play with your heartstrings and everything so i think it's the different to what you did last time the last time and the different to what people are normally consuming when they go to theatres or opera i think it is like you said um the obscure the different the -the over-the-top approach with performing.
0: I think I know from Eurovision that I'm going to get like extreme emotions, if that makes sense. Like whatever the most happy version of happy is, I'm probably going to get it. Whatever the most extreme version of sad is, I'm probably going to. I mean, you've mentioned, we've mentioned opera a few times. I know that from opera as well. Right? So like whatever (laughs) the most extreme versions of those feelings are, that's that's what I'm going to get from Eurovision. I assume that's the same with with drag performance. Is that true? Would you say that's true?
2: I think to quote a very famous drag artist, Queen, RuPaul, we're all born naked and the rest is drag. I think it makes sense in, the, in this context in particular. You start from where you are authentically, and then you up that to the fullest, to the highest. And therefore you can also create fuller and higher emotions, like you said. So yes, I would agree with that.
0: Jerome, is that what you look like? Look for in Eurovision, like uh, extremes, I guess, is what I'm saying.
1: Not that much as yeah you do, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not always. I, mm, I don't know. It's like for me, it's first of all, it's music, and I love music. Music is everything, <laughs> and. The rest is
0: extra. Do you think, so like last year, Jerome, one of the, no, the year before, somebody on the BBC, and um, I think I nearly spit out my breakfast. Um, It was after James Newman got Null Point, and Mm -hmm. the person said, well, it was a perfectly good song. After all, it is a song contest. People are are complaining about them. He said, if you turn off the visuals and you listen to the song alone it's mm-hmm. a perfectly good song and of course eurovision i mean yes it's called the eurovision song contest but i think this is the thing that comes up it's it's like also the eurovision like staging costuming yeah Show. right mm-hmm. it, it, yeah staging costuming contest like so are you a person that is just listening to the music right jerome is it a song contest for you
1: mm, no no <laughs> Just to say that, I I would be wrong to say that because then I would not buy all those DVDs year yeah. for year. And um, <laughs> so I like the show. I love the show, but I guess it's not the main focus for me. I like, I'm really into good aesthetic.
0: Give us, give um, us some songs with a good aesthetic, three or four songs with a good aesthetic.
1: Yeah, like, as you said, um, I loved our uh, staging last year mm. from Germany. This was a beautiful aesthetic for me.
0: Yeah. It told a story. It and, told a
1: story. Um, uh, yeah, even from the, um, camera angles and stuff like that. This was, it was a story. Yeah. And don't need to have it that much over the top.
0: When you, when you listen but, uh, to music, do you, are you like, sorry, sorry, Robin, are you a lyrics person or a melody person? Like what kind of like. Or what kind of?
1: I'm uh, first of all, I'm a um, melody person. When I hear a song the first time, I I would say I I listen to the uh, melody. But um, later on, if I if I listen it more and more, I I uh, go dive into the lyrics.
0: Yeah, Robin, you were going to say step by step.
2: What I wanted to add is you can also be camp in the lyrics and also melodies. But if you take Lorene's tattoo, for example, it's, um, as far as I understand, the song about the emotion of letting someone go, but maybe attaching to them later on, coming back. um, This is not the end. You will stuck on me like a tattoo. If you take this feeling of loving, of endless love, even though you have to separate from one another and maybe coming back later on she uses in her lyrics very camp very over the top lyrics to underline that
0: yeah i mean message. i could talk about this for a while oh lorraine um, sorry no it was we it's it's, it's yeah <laughs> we're in an hour 20th, i just I wanted
2: to give that as an example because i also think that you can be over the top in maybe not everything has to be over the top Because I think that the staging of Tattoo and everything, it's cinematic, but I don't think it's too camp. It's also very her cultural aspect and her heritage that were brought into this. And um, yes, I think the campness in Tattoo lies in the lyrics, for example.
0: I have thought about this. I think that Euphoria was kind of campier and I mean that like in a good way you know and like what could be you know if you're talking about something at the limit of a feeling I mean euphoria is like what more happy than happy right you're euphoric so just even the title of the song um and then there's that up 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 bit I mean it's like uh whatever like song Prozac or something that song I mean it's like Yeah, yeah um it's like literally like a ray of sunshine that song But I think there's also a way in the staging and the singing, there's something about Tattoo, or there's something about Euphoria that comes off as less contrived, like less intentional, which I think Tattoo to me is like a more produced song or a more considered song or a more, it's to me, it's been through like a committee or something to create the next Lorene song. And while I agree with you, there's something that's more effortful about Tattoo, about the message of Tattoo and about the staging of it and about the lyrics of it and about the melody of it. I find it a little bit less attractive and compelling than I found Euphoria. But then, like, if you're trying to win Eurovision twice, it's not exactly... I mean, you know, it's... Let's not ask the same thing of Lorene twice, I guess. I don't know. I don't find Tattoo as as, as, as great as Euphoria.
2: I think... If we go with that, we also need to mention statements. Mm. Her 2017 attempt to participate for Sweden at the Eurovision Song Contest, which was quite different to Tattoo and to Euphoria. And it was very rough and edgy and electronic. And um, she had something different to say. And she ended up losing in the semifinals. So what I think is this time around, it is produced and it is thought through because they were afraid of her losing again in Melody Festival. But this is just my opinion as a
0: fan. Yeah. Jerome, how do you feel about Tattoo? Yeah, I have a really
1: funny story to tell about my feelings, especially to uh, Baku um, as well, Uh, Euphoria. And I, I was i never been a really a uh, real fan of euphoria from beginning on <laughs> because I can tell you why um in those days in when, in two thousand and twelve it was um one of all those songs it reminded me to. Uh, David Guetta uh, yeah. song and in my opinion, 2012 and also 11 was really dominated by dance songs in our charts in Germany. So it was not really touching me, and it was it was nothing new for me when I just listened to the song. But when I saw her, um, the full package with her performing and doing disease uh, contemporary art on stage. I was like everyone. It went straight to my heart
0: oh, and... There's the biggest compliment. That's yeah, the biggest compliment, yeah. I think, from a Eurovision fan.
1: But um, I know many people um, who would say it's not the strongest song and it's not really the most special song on earth or something like that, but the full package and I, I also with tattoo. When you have Loreen, you have to see her performing. Yes.
0: Maybe you can both <laughs> tell me like your top few Eurovision songs of all time, just like the ones that come to mind. If you were stuck on an island, you could just like listen to them over and over and over again, just off the top of your head. Jerome, what are your favorites of all time?
1: Oh, one of my favorites of all time is uh, Iceland, Greta Salome and Jonsi, Never Forget. It was in Baku. They did, I don't know, the 20, 23rd place or something like that. I'm so sad about that. It was a top 10 hit. Um, Finland in the same year, Näjäk Blunder from Panilla, and then from... Oh, yeah, Vienna, um, I liked from 2015, Italy, Grande Amore, it was crazy.
0: Um, How would you describe these? I'm not, um, I don't know all of them by heart.
1: I would say these are more the darker, darker numbers, ballads, not really, uh, not a pop song. Okay, so
0: parentheses, I'm going to take us off track and then take us back to track to listen to Robin's top, top songs, top Eurovision songs, so Robin don't Mm -hmm. go anywhere. Can you really quickly, Jerome, I know you've got your podcast and you were talking to me about the Christmas episode that you did. Could you tell listeners Mm -hmm. about it?
1: I thought about the Christmas episode because in my opinion, I know that Christmas is not the best time for everyone. And there are people who doesn't have maybe family or friends and uh, really feel alone at Christmas. And then I decided to, oh, come on. I would have made a Christmas episode, but um, yeah, I wanted to do something special. And then I decided to go for research because I remember when I was at school, uh, when I was younger, we had a book really interesting to me and all the traditions how people in different countries on our globe uh, celebrate Christmas, and there are so many different traditions. And uh, yeah, I wanted to tell that how the world celebrates Christmas for all those people who don't know that
0: i have I have a sneaking suspicion. The reason I ask is because I have a sneaking suspicion that um, and this is just a complete wild mm-hmm. guess that a lot of people that like Eurovision don't like Christmas. But yeah, I'm interested to in that, I guess, quieter side of Eurovision. And it sounds like your tastes, that's where they kind of are with music, with Eurovision music. Robin, what are your top five Eurovision songs?
2: My top five Eurovision songs? Of all songs time. Are, of all time. Of all time. Oh God, I forgot about that. Yeah,
0: of all time. I'm bringing it back now. Uh,
2: I don't have actually, I don't know if it's a top five, but Jerome talked about his music being a bit more dark and i would add dark and electronic music to that mixture i really enjoyed i feed you my love from market berger norway 2013 conan osiris with Telemovage for portugal in 2019 euphoria which i think also has dark elements through it to it and um, then there are two songs that are maybe not too electronic, but I really love Roslana's Wild Dances and um, Set up Ergena, of course.
0: Oh, I remember. I remember Wild Dances. That was a good song.
2: Those are the songs I would listen to on an island if I would be there and only have Eurovision songs to listen to. Wow. Also, I Feed You My Love would be my ideal Eurovision entry to participate with. <laughs> I'm honest. Really? Yes.
0: Wow. And what would the staging look like? I what would the staging this. look like for that if it was your staging? And what would I the tempo be did, over, You know, above anything?
2: I think she did the perfect staging to her feature, my love. I would have made it maybe a bit darker and play with the lights the light a bit more, to have a completely dark stage and then play with flickering lights and the way she represented herself without... Sorry, I'm lost for words at the moment. The song is just making me lose my words. Um, no, I feature My Love is electronic perfection. And I think the staging was also great as well. So just do it like she did it, but a bit more, a bit darker. And then play with flickering lights and white.
0: Mm. A bit. Jerome, how about you? If you had to be a performer, which one would you want to perform?
1: When we talk about art, I would say... Incorporasano. <laughs> if it's about aesthetic, um, maybe hold me closer oh, from last. So,
0: time. for aesthetic, you'd pick hold me close closer over Incorporasano. That's a shock. Let's get to this year. So, Jerome's top picks are Finland, Sweden, and Norway. Uh, Robin's top picks are Finland, Armenia, Sweden, Israel, and Serbia um my top picks um which is fine because my song never wins and that's all right um austria i haven't written them down that's why i'm not rattling them off oh gosh uh austria croatia which yes i know that's never going to happen and uh and probably serbia and there'll be an extra two or three in there um if finland wins that'll be great i'll probably vote finland and i don't know i'm that's where i am i'm a bit flat this year i'll be honest Uh, So you both love Finland, you both love Sweden, so presumably we're going to be doing Eurovision 2024 um, in one of the Nordic countries, is that right?
2: Yes, we hope so, because Jerome and I plan to, for the first time, visit a Eurovision contest together, and um, this would be a great option.
0: Excellent, excellent, good stuff. How about you, Jerome? You think think Finland's going to get it, that's it, it's cha-cha-cha, and that's the end.
1: I would be so happy about that, but... I really want to visit Sweden.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the ever popular, I hope.
1: And Robin as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'd be super happy if the next Eurovision city weren't like crazy expensive. Yes. Because I think one of the Australian Eurovision podcasters said that it cost them $10,000 to get from Australia by the time everything, you know, tickets, everything else. I mean, I know they're coming from Australia, but that's still, you know, Liverpool's an expensive, you know. But I guess these
1: days, to be honest, honestly, in these days, I don't know if it's really possible to do a cheaper Eurovision. Doesn't matter in which country it is held, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah. How do you feel, Robin?
1: I mean, I was in luck. (laughs)
2: just about 30 minutes after the host city got announced i was very quick on my feet and was searching for everything for flights and all this and i got it covered quite quickly before they upped the prices uh, and tripled or doubled the prices Mm -hmm. so i can't complain but here a lot of other people complain and um so i may not be in the position to talk so much about this as i was in luck but i've heard this as well and um i agree with you it would be nice to have a cheaper host city but um yeah let's wait and see i mean for me personally i really hope kaya wins because of the song first and i do also have that finland has maybe some cheaper places right
0: (laughs) right um are there any staging surprises that you're looking forward to? I mean I'm probably I don't want to say I'm the only person that cares about Austria, but I haven't seen their staging. It's going to be a complete surprise. I think they could really pull it out. Um I think we know what Finland's going to do for staging. We know what Sweden's going to do for staging. Um is anyone else does anyone else have any have any
1: but not quite we we, we are uh, we don't we do not quite know how staging is Coping with, they, uh, with their station the because big- they don't have. Yeah, yeah, they don't. Um, they aren't allowed to uh, use this. What, I don't the boxing how, ring? How we're talking about sport. Finland,
0: like the big ring where you box.
2: I think Jerome was talking about Lorraine and the big oh, screen. Oh, the big screen right? above her. Mm. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Fine. Yeah. Oh, I th-
2: but she said recently they covered that somehow, mm-hmm. but the solution. Siles- the solution is not mentioned
0: i always like israel with their choreography and their staging generally um
1: but f- yeah like
0: Effendi, Effendi comes to mind like by i like them what i'm trying to say is i think they plan their staging so they will get out of the semi-finals right like no matter what the song is i think their staging is like always very well thought out I don't know. I think this could go, I think Unicorn could go a little bit brook from last year, like Ireland. I think it could go a little bit like that. Or maybe, uh, whatever, Sugar by um, Natalia Gordienko or something. Very pink.
1: My problem with the Israeli song is that I, when I listen to it, I I have the feeling that I wanted to put everything a Eurovision song needs in one song. So to add yes. dance break and the, the second verse is a bit, bit different than, um, yeah, I guess they, they really want to speak to the LGBT community, maybe with some words and stuff like that. And I guess it's really, it's like, I don't, the word, how is the word called? It's like fast, a bit fast.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is um, for me as an English speaker, I think this is like a native English speaker. I think this is one of the songs that speaks to me the least because it seems like um, word salad, like we say word salad. It's like a chat GPT, it's like a chat GPT Eurovision song or something. Um, But I am fully, (laughs) I'm prepared to admit that that might only be me. What songs, what entries are you afraid won't get through the... The semi-finals. Which songs are you worried about not getting through the semi-finals, especially considering that we don't have juries this year?
2: From our top four,
1: five. Aja, for example.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: On Latvia. Latvia, I would say. Mm.
2: I love it. <laughs> I agree.
0: That's it? You're only worried about Latvia?
2: No, I'm a bit worried about Armenia. <laughs> okay. Yeah, me too. Um. I- as Aminia is... Because starting position too. Yes. And Aminia is... I don't always enjoy over the top. I think Aminia is a masterpiece in its own right. And it is, in my opinion, it has the best lyrics. Mm. The story I can relate to, I actually cry whenever i hear the song and i get goosebumps as i think it's the best ballad this year in my opinion and um i'm a bit worried because of the placement that it may not go through but i also see that there's a lot of love for this song which gives me a bit of hope
0: yeah i feel that way about bridges like um i feel like it might not get through but i don't know oh yeah, yeah i've got I'm, I'm worried about bridges
2: also Armenia has this Alicia Keys, Two Thousand Aesthetic. That <laughs> is. Yeah, yeah. I think Jerome said it to me. I'm not sure. Mm. <laughs> I think, yeah, yes. <laughs> and um, I totally agree with this, and I think it has a unique point in that this so,
0: year. Um, it's funny that you should mention it. Hold on, I'm looking up a song right now. I feel like it may be, I I did consider doing an episode on this, but I think a lot of these songs to me this year sound dated. Like, and I, Alicia Keys to me is a modern reference for a song. Like some of these songs to me sound like 1998 to 2003. Like they're very specific and they, to me, they don't sound kind of like Older in a good way, so I don't know if you said Alicia Keys like um as a compliment.
2: It is a compliment because I think about the song "Falling." I think about all these amazing songs that Alicia Keys came up oh, with yeah, this falling. year. So yeah, it is yeah. definitely a compliment. As Armenia uh, I yeah, is really, it is my top two, and um, ah okay. It is the ballot that speaks to me the most, and um, I really hope that they get the staging right. I think it is a big part of that, and I also hope that they manage to shine their light at this placement that there are, which is position number two in the semifinal two.
0: Mm. Either of you vote for Ukraine last year. Did either of you vote for Kalouche?
1: I was in the arena. I didn't vote for anyone. Ah, right. Okay. <laughs> I just, I just filmed <laughs> and enjoyed the show.
0: Oh, you're a better person than I am. I would definitely.
1: But I have to say, I never, I never voted in Eurovision. Oh. Yet. What? Yeah. H- how? I just watched and enjoyed and. Okay, you have, have superhuman strength. My logic, if you um, when I started to watch Eurovision, was always, I am first of all pro Germany for my own country, and I always thought like, if I vote for another country, then it is maybe, uh,
0: you're cheating. at yeah, the end of like the you're day, cheating it could on be, Germany if you vote for another could, country.
1: Yeah, it could be the one vote more for another country oh. and we we do not win.
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't have
2: a problem with cheating <laughs> at Eurovision. I don't have a problem with cheating at Eurovision, not in real life. So I didn't vote for Ukraine. I did vote for...
1: I'm not that patriotic anymore.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I did vote for Chanel. I did vote for Spain
0: okay. did you put in did you put in multiple votes, Robin? Yes, <laughs> okay. fine. Um, so I'm guessing that one of those votes isn't uh, not not one of the five votes, or however many you cast, were for Ukraine. I'm guessing that that's the case. I won't ask you to follow up on it because that seems rude. but um do you what are you expecting from this year in in terms of just like Britain hosting a Eurovision that isn't their Eurovision? Will you be upset if you don't see a lot of Ukrainian content? What are you expecting from Ukraine or the co-hosting? Do you have any expectations for that at all?
1: Shortly, I have to say, um, last year, Ukraine was uh, definitely one of my favorites. Mm. It was not my top three.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: What I expect from the <laughs> CSU version, whoa. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I guess it's going to be a big, party again and i'm really in love with this year um i guess it's a stronger year than last year
0: all right robin are you expecting
1: i guess i let my i let myself surprise
0: yeah like what you're uh what i'm getting from you jerome is that like you're a you're faithful and you're romantic like not with a capital r just like with a little r Mm -hmm. like it's um It's it's like to me, it's very romantic not to vote for any countries because, you know, you're afraid that you might your single vote might cause the downfall of your entire country. Like, that's a beautiful spirit. So, yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I definitely voted Ukraine in three of the last five years, for sure. I mean, I definitely voted for, for Goa. I definitely voted for Kalush. This year, oh, the Ukrainian song this year is a bit of a disaster. Speaking of songs that are like, remind me of the late 90s and the early oddies. So yeah, so I don't know. But um, all right, well, we'll wrap up there. I would like to ask you both for, to plug, if you have anything that you'd like to plug.
2: I just had an answer prepared for the last question, <laughs> that I'm very looking forward <laughs> to the Interval Acts, which seem to integrate both nationalities and... um countries and I'm very interested in seeing for example Rebecca Ferguson from the UK um doing a song with a Ukrainian singer that I forgot so I think this would be very interesting and to look forward to so maybe my plug in would be as this is the 12th of May look back to the amazing interval acts from this year
0: oh it's that's, that's um forward thinking excellent and uh Jerome do you have any
1: I hope It's a good Eurovision, it's going to be a good Eurovision for everyone and uh, that everyone can enjoy those three nights and yeah, that we can also celebrate coming together again, celebrating and have a good time. Well,
0: thank you both for coming on, on the show on Eurovision Song Context and I hope you'll come back.
1: I would love to. Yeah, thank you.
2: (laughs) Thanks for having us. No,
0: thank you. Dankeschön. Dankeschön. And that's it for Eurovision Song Context for the Moment. We release an episode normally on the 12th of every month. The Dooseth, if you will. You can find us on the podcast app of your choice. You can find show notes in the description of this episode and on our website. At Eurovision Song Fireside. FM. I'm also on Twitter at ESCContext, if you want to say hi. Our music is Buckeye Bonsai by Vans in Japan.